Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Right, no messing around this week. What the hell went wrong? It was diabolical, wasn't it? it, it yeah. Shambolic? Shambolic, diabolical, any other superlatives. Um, but why? What? So what happened? Even even before we went 1-0 down, something didn't seem right. Everything seemed a bit... Um, passes just weren't going where they were intended. It was a team... It reminded me a bit of the... Um, was it the New Year's Day before? The, Burton. The, the, yeah, and the Cardiff performance where it looked like... Um, it looked like a team that had been out the night before and was, everyone was like, I got a hangover or was ill or something. It, it just... From the very start, it nothing felt right about that. No. There were no game. excuses for it. It, it just, They had a whole week to prepare... And that's why it was shocking for Gary Monk. And, you know, I, I thought it was unexpected. But then I suppose when you look deeper, a lot of Wednesday fans will turn around and say, actually, was it that big a surprise, really, that they, that this team are so Jekyll and Hyde and can turn in a performance like that? They can go do such a professional away job at Leeds the week before and then put in such an insipid showing against the Blackburn side who, let's not forget, they've gone six without a win and they were without the best player in Bradley Dack and they tore Wednesday apart and frankly, they could have scored more in that second half had it not been for Cameron Dawson pulling off two or three really good saves. Um, just let me confess, I didn't see the second half. When did you go? I went, so... um Went down for a, a, a pint at half time, uh, and the fourth had gone in by the time I finished it, and I was just like, "Nah, um, I, the, the, I, I can't, I can't think of anything I'd rather less do this afternoon now than stay and watch this this second half." When's of the? Is that the earliest you've ever left? That's a Wednesday by match. far and away the earliest I've ever left a Wednesday match. By an absolute, I think the before that it would be, it would certainly be in the eighties. As in the eighty minutes, not in the nineteen eighties. Um, the earliest that that I left. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of leaving early. You know, I'll ride it out. But that was. It was. I don't think it was just the fact that the game had gone because we've all watched Wednesday games before, knowing that the game's gone. It was just really soulless, and it wasn't. There was absolutely nothing that made me. And and it was like the full time whistle had gone when I left. It was the, the fans were just pouring out. Um, and and I think so many people felt the same that the you you do lose games of football that happens and sometimes you have a day where things don't go for you or you know we'll get onto the sending off but something like that happens and you know goal that's that, that goes in off the post off the keeper's head stuff that's against you um, and you can feel a little bit hard done to but it didn't feel like that even though when it didn't have a great deal of luck and things did go against them but it still just felt like a, a, a just an absolutely soulless performance now i tell you what what you say about the fact you know was it a big surprise but let's be fair Wednesday have lost games without playing very well this season but they've always been in them and Gary Monk's made this point a few times hasn't he about um, even when we've lost games we've always been in it we've not lost a game I think by more than one goal have we this no that was before, the first time before Gary Monk uh, yeah we've also there's only been probably one game that we've run away with and won convincingly so you know games have been tight they've been won by you know a goal here and maybe a couple of goals there at, at most mm. this this was the first one where we we well and truly got punished for everything. The I think the the there's this thing in my head that says, do we just say right? Well, in that case, just write it off, just forget about it. It's not worth worrying about. Just forget about it. But this this Jekyll and Hyde thing, and mm. you know, you mentioned it there. I, I've heard it mentioned quite a bit this week, chatting to friends and seeing it pop up on social media. This thing about Wednesday can go to Leeds and put in a performance, and then it just collapses, and nothing changed. It was exactly the same team. There was. There was no logical reason. It wasn't as if something had been taken out of that team and you think, all oh, right, well, that explains why it fell to bits. I, I think what, for me, what, what, what hurt... How does that work? But what was frustrating was that I thought after the sending off, which we might come to in a bit, that they, they caved in and, and they almost raised the white flag there. Uh, and I think that's the inexplicable and inexcusable part of it, that there's ways to lose football matches, and that most certainly wasn't one of them. Uh, Gary Monk made the striker change just after the second goal, 
I don't know why there was the delay there. You know, I, remember, I did ask Gary Monk about, you know, it was there any sort of regret over not bringing on Atty Nuyu for Sam Winnell. And I'm not suggesting for one minute that that would have made a blind bit of difference. But the, the, the fact of the matter is that the ball just kept coming back and back and nothing was sticking up front. And it comes back to that age-old argument that we've had before of playing one up front at home. And a lot of fans will look at that and see it as negative, overly cautious, not going for it. But I suppose then on the flip side, you've got, they've played that way and got a great result at Leeds, who are going for the top two this season. So I, I think, you know, Gary Monk, in terms of the team, was I don't think he was in a position or even contemplating really changing it. You know, you look at the options available to him, really, other than maybe trying to, shoehorn or find a way to get Kadeem Harrison to the team I, I don't see really from that starting 11 that it had to be that against Blackburn but it was the intensity the lack of it the the, the tempo and is when you actually then dissect the goals they've conceded it's basics people people not doing the jobs and not tracking runners not working hard enough to close down the men I, I thought it was a lot of that and I think that's you, you sort of expect when you concede one or two goals if you're a team fighting and struggling at the bottom of the table it's more understandable for it to almost collapse uh, and go like that but not when Wednesday before kickoff, we're in sixth position, and we're thinking the made of stern stuff here. That's that's why it's really hard to fathom what happened on Saturday. But I will say this: actually, one thing I want to throw in is that I think sometimes, not just us, I think the Wednesday fan base. There's a you know this season particularly has been a roller coaster, and so fluctuating the team on and off the pitch fortunes going up and down and Gary Monk is trying to keep a level head at all times and and so I don't think that it, I'm not going to say Saturday was a blip and I don't think it was necessarily a one-off it may be a reflection of the, the character sometimes the mentality of the group that we've spoken about before that sometimes they throw in these dreadful performances or performances that are way, 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 way below par. But you do have to keep a level of perspective and look at it and think, Wednesday is still 10th, they're only four points off the playoffs and they've shown before that they are capable of going on another run. And that's before you then throw in, Gary Monk hasn't signed a player. Gary Monk has only brought in one coaching staff. So he's, he's not been in a job for six months yet. I think you've got to throw all this before we go completely crazy and and uh, you know really go at the team, the club, and everything. I think you have to definitely have a level or a bit of perspective, really, about where this club is right now. Fair points. It, it is difficult to have perspective when you've you've just been embarrassed, turned over by you know. If if we'd have gone to Leeds and lost five nil. They'd still, you know, people would still be going mad, but you go, all right, you know, Leeds are one of the best teams in this league. Fair enough. Uh, it's Blackburn at home. It's like it, it's it's so hard to to get as a, just purely speaking as a fan, the pure emotion. It's really hard to get your head around that to the point whereby you go, all right, well, actually, let's be fair. Um, in so, I do feel for Gary Monk in some senses because it it kind of felt going into that game, he was a little bit damned if he did, damned if he didn't in terms of team selection because. If if he kept if he keeps this, you would generally say it's a team that's gone away and won two 0 at Leeds. You would keep the same team. That means playing one lone striker. We talked about it last week on the podcast, saying well they'll probably get some stick for that. And obviously, you know, we saw what what transpired, and obviously has had some stick for that. I'm not suggesting if we'd have started with two strikers, that it means we'd have won that game because whatever went wrong, I don't think it was due to the fact that there was only one striker on the pitch. But you know, it it didn't work at all with. Sam Winall, it was completely ineffective. And, you know, actually before um, Asi knew you started getting stripped off to come on, I said, we need to change this quickly because mm. we are now in a battle and we're going to have to go really direct. And that means we need Atty and his strength on there. The fact that the second goal went in and it almost felt a little bit like, 
it's gone now. I it's personally not, thought not. Gary Monk was too slow to change it. He should have, yeah. you know, you could have seen you can't quite count early something on. Like that second no. goal, though, can you? N- no, uh, but uh, what I mean is, after the sending off, I think there should have been a change made there. You know, there's, there's, I think around yeah. ten minutes before well, I, the I, sending off, it, and then they scored the second goal, and they they tried to get Atty Nui on the pitch for a number of minutes, or, yeah. or they were, or they were delaying it, and I think you know there should have been more urgency for me with that substitution, uh, or, or certainly just changing the tactics. But you could see that the tone had been set, and Gary Monk admitted it: the sluggish start set the tone, and and they were off the pace in the beginning, and that's that was the problem for Wednesday that they did have too many passengers on the day and you can't carry seven, eight players. Maybe you can get away with two or three, but not as many as Wednesday had last weekend. I've not looked at your player ratings for the game. Um, I can't imagine there's anyone that scores particularly highly. Um, Was there anyone that was more kind of towards the respectable level or anyone that particularly did badly in it? I mean, it was across the board fairly bad. I mean, it, it seems mm. daft he concedes five goals, but, you know, Cameron Dawson did pull off a couple of saves and, and it probably feels unfair to particularly single him no. out for any... Well, reason. I think for balance, I think Cameron Dawson will feel, and he'll know this, that if you ask him, that he should have done better for that first goal, he, you know, to palm it straight back to Armstrong. Yeah. So, I think he's got to take his fair share of the blame. And we haven't really said... That or, or pointed out too many mistakes, let's, let's be fair, that Cam well, Dawson has made over the last couple oh, right. of months. I thought you meant in the Blackburn match. Then. I was gonna no, say, no. Well, we've only got an hour. <laughs> well, where do you start? I know it's not long enough, is it? Um, and then the, for the second, he was bang unlucky. But yeah, second half, he still pulled off two or three really good saves and stopped that from being, well, it was embarrassing anyway. I don't Where do you go beyond embarrassing and humiliating when you suffer your you know heaviest home defeat in nearly twenty years, which is what that was, so it was grim. Um, and there were yeah a number of threes. Yeah, I, I thought Kieran Lee was anonymous in midfield. Um, Azazi, who we've raved about the two previous matches, he was given a torrid time, and he, and yeah he was exposed horribly. I thought for the third goal. Uh, no, the, no, I mean the, the whole defending the, whole the third the third goal the third goal was shocking the third goal was the way that uh, uh, I think it was Armstrong has, has just run to the byline with ease uh, and then even Julian Berner and Dominic Iolfa they couldn't cut it out um, th- th- there were no positives James don't try to put a positive spin on it I know it's your way. Oh, but really? Not. <laughs> no, but we can't. We just can't. We can't. You know, you can't sugarcoat what happened on Saturday. Okay, um, it's difficult to try and put any sort of po- positive, happy spin on that. Uh, you, all we can say is, you just hope that they draw a line under it, move on, and they they have to learn from it and hope that that never ever happens again. So, I mean, sometimes I guess in a season you. you maybe you need something where everything goes wrong and, and it gives you a chance to, you know, give the team a real, you know, whatever it is that they, that they need and, and, and strip things back and kind of rebuild some things. Maybe you need it. You know, I actually remember mm. um, in, in the 90s season when we finished third in the in the old Division One, now the Premier League, um, and we, we lost a game uh, away at Arsenal 7-1, I think, and I think we lost a game at home to Leeds 6-1. I think they were in the same season, I can't be sure. Um, but, you know, around that time that it was a very successful Wednesday team, losing games completely out of the blue really heavily was something that happened, and it, 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 there were a lot of other teams that it happened to. Um, I guess I'm just trying to be constructive here. There's There's been a lot of stuff said. There's two words that really stand out to me from all the things that have sort of been said, which are things that I find really important. They're both words that we've talked about a lot before as well. One of them is something you said in the last few minutes, and that's character. That we've seen this Wednesday team collapse at the end of games before. For me, what Blackburn was, was that last five-minute collapse over the a period of 90 minutes. It was just all the things that have sometimes gone wrong right at the end of the game, just going wrong right throughout it um, and again this this point about the fact that that's an experienced group of players they're not all kids they're not all Asazi they're th- you know they're, they're, it was an incredibly experienced midfield it was a defence that's that's got a fair bit of experience 
between them as well. Um, you know, right across the field, there's that there's experience at the top level in that in that team. Um, so why is it that the character of the team is wrong? Is it, is it certain individuals in there? Is it just this collection of players that we've ended up with just does not work? But then we've seen them put in performances before. So I, I don't know what the answer is to that. The other word, um, and this is this is such a hard one to resolve, is leadership. Because we lacked it right across the, the board on, on Saturday. And I think the first goal goes in and you think, right, okay, we're up against it now. The sending off, and that's the point that it needs... It doesn't just need someone, actually. It needs several players within that collective to stand up. Let me ask you this. So, say on Saturday, if the spine of the team had they been selected and fit and they played Kieran Westwood, Tom Lees, Sam Hutchinson, Stephen Fletcher, do you think Wednesday would have lost as heavy as that? Do you think Wednesday would have lost? I think Wednesday would have lost. Would Wednesday have lost as heavily? It's so hard to say. Uh, my gut instinct would be no, because I think on, on those days when things go against you, they're the players that do stand up. They don't hide. Mm. Um, I, I, there's a lot... There's a, I feel a bit for Tom Lees. There's a lot that's been said about Tom Lees when he's not been playing, okay, because of this partnership that we've had at, at, at the back. Um, which is, you know, to be fair, has been working, and that meant people have been saying, "Oh, Tom Lee's on his foot, oh, he's straight on the bench, isn't he?" In fact, we talked about it last last week, and some people using the opportunity to have a bit of a pop at, at Tom Lee's because he doesn't play the ball out, and he's a little bit route one in his defending sometimes, but he doesn't hide. He he's got, you know, he is the captain of the team. I don't think he's the most effective captain in the world, and I don't think he's the best leader in the world by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think it particularly comes natural no. to him, but he does it, and he doesn't yeah. hide. Sam Hutchinson, the same. And we Kieran saw that Westwood, with Sam, with Sam Hutchinson when all, he came on. We, even people yeah. sat at the back of the cop can hear yeah. Kieran Westwood yeah. screaming and shouting at the other end of the pitch sometimes. You know, that's yeah. the kind of player that, that he is. And I think that what happened on Saturday is that we found ourselves with a group of players that... When the chips are down, everyone hit a bit, and no one wanted to take that responsibility. I don't think that I, I don't think it's in Bannon's character to do it. I know he's the captain, but I don't think it's natural for him. I don't. I don't. I, just, mm. I don't think he knew what to do. I don't think he knew how to do it. You know, it's it's all right when when you come back for the kickoff after going two down, clapping your hands and saying "Come on, lads." That doesn't mean that you, you you're going to kind of go anywhere or anything's going to come of that. Um, so. I think that the, the the issue that we've got is that when things are all right, it's a group of players that are fine. When we when we go 1-0 up at Leeds late on, mm. we're all right. Um, and when things are looking good, it's a group of players that I think it feels like they're very close together and it feels like, oh yeah, we've assembled a decent team here. When things go wrong, it really falls to pieces, like spectacularly falls to pieces. And that's what happened on... Saturday, I think it comes. And back I think there's games a season where we've just got away with a, it. A bigger issue, uh, um, something that again we have touched on a number of times. It needs a big shake-up and a yeah. big overhaul, and and that was uh, another illustration on Saturday that uh, this group of players has reached the end, or, or that it needs breaking up, uh, and it needs. Uh, an injection of youth and vibrancy. We've started to see in the last couple transfer windows that they're going in a different direction and we know that there's a number of players who are out of contracts in the summer and there's some tough decisions are going to have to be made. Uh, as you would think, the reality is that Wednesday, uh, with everything that they're up against off the pitch, are not going to Let's be honest, right now you're thinking they're not going to finish in the playoffs this year for for whatever reason it might be. At the moment, you're basing it purely on results and this team isn't consistent enough. Yeah, You look at it before Christmas, they were in a wonderful position and so they've gone in the space of, what, four to five weeks from third to tenth and that underlines how bonkers and how quickly things can change in the Championship. But... Wednesday have lost now four of the last five. They've lost three in a row at home. And the home form is deeply worrying. Yep. Uh, along with the atmosphere, the crowds are dwindling. Uh, it's the entertainment it, that particularly concerns me. That I think a lot of Wednesdayites who I speak to um, are bored 
You know, that if you think about this season, how many matches have we come away thinking that at Hillsborough we've seen a cracker, we've seen really you know top draw. You know, you're paying hard-earned money as a fan to go watch the team home and away, but particularly at Hillsborough, as that's where the bulk of your fans are seeing your team. I can't think of too many matches this season where. And this goes back to when Lee Bourne was in caretaker charge and now under Gary Monk, that it's been a thrower. Wednesday, all Wednesday's wins, 6 out of 14 at Hillsborough, uh, bar the Barnsley match, the second game of the season, they've all been by a one-goal margin. So Wednesday have not blown any team away at home. They're not, you know, they are the second lowest scorers at home. Only Wigan have scored fewer. So the stats are pretty damning at home, and that so, damning. and 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 the the strange thing is that they'd actually were I think eight or nine unbeaten at home, going into Cardiff Hall and Blackburn, and so it, the wheels have spectacularly come off at home, and it, it really needs to be addressed. And I think that's what hurts too. That you look at these three home matches; they are not against the big hitters of the league. Let's, let's be right, it's Cardiff, Hull and Blackburn. And I'm not saying Wednesday have got any divine right to beat any of them, but none of them, you would say, are nailed on to finishing the top six. No. If if you want to finish in the playoffs, they're the games at home that they're just your bread and butter. You've got to you've You should got to be win. getting points from. Yeah, you should. You shouldn't be losing uh, and ideally, all three you of should them. be winning them fairly comfortably, but you kind of accept these kind of tight wins that we've ground out in some games this season. Um, if there's anything that we've probably learned from from this and maybe from the last few weeks, it's that the the thing that we can be fairly certain about this season now is inconsistency. This this idea of right, we need to follow this up and go on a run. That's not going to happen. We're, this is going to this pattern is going to continue. Win a couple, lose a couple. Win here, lose there. Uh, I'm not going to turn around and say right, you definitely rule out the playoffs because this league is, is a bit crazy this season as it is every season and there's probably every chance that Wednesday could still sneak in the playoffs as, as anyone else. Unfortunately I think there's just as much chance that we end up dropping right out of it and ending up very kind of mediocre mid-table and I think that's probably the thing that's playing on a lot of fans minds is that it feels like you know we're in January is the season fizzling out already. The other thing that you touched on there about kind of the atmosphere and stuff and I my my real fear is that the fans are bored of this group of players now. That it's it's a bit predictable going to Hillsborough. Even losing five 0 at home is is sort of predictable because it's just like well we just didn't turn up and that happens far too often. That this is a group of players that can can win games really well but then can lose games really badly. Mm. And you kind of feel like if there were three or four new faces through the door that that the, the, that would get everyone g'd up a bit like it, it stops being so predictably unpredictable for the wrong reasons and it's suddenly like all oh, right new player this could be exciting it's what we've said isn't it that that's why i think it's important that they have to bring at least one if not two new faces in but it's not looking good is it that's well, the well other side time's running out but I, as i said before that uh, with the January transfer window, it's such a stagnant market at the minute. You know, not many clubs are doing deals, so I think a lot of it is going to come down to the last twenty-four hours or so. Uh, and we have seen historically that's when Wednesday have been uh, busy and done a fair amount of their business uh, over the years, especially in the De Pontchanceri years. Uh, I've had an idea for like a flash Alpinians. So we do which which comes first. Brexit or Wednesday signing a striker. <laughs> um, one thing we've not talked about is the sending off. Now, obviously, it has been rescinded, so I think you know any discussion about whether or not it was worthy of a sending off is 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 probably superseded by the fact that the FA's committee kind of uh, agrees with us because um, it wasn't a sending off, was it? And it wasn't a particularly yeah. it, it it looked from certain angles it looks bad, but then when you watch the replays and stuff, you think actually it's, it's the, the not, referee it's, um, it's it's bad. I thought the referee was really really poor, um, and it's his first season refereeing here. Is is uh, been in Australia before, hasn't he? Until coming over to referee over in. Um, in English football, um, I thought it was a poor referee, and I don't think that particularly makes a huge amount of difference. The fact that we lost the game, but that sending off at that moment and the everything about it, it, it certainly did make things worse, didn't it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, no, I slightly disagree and say that they, that's not a turning point, but still a game changer. A one nil, and then Wednesday playing badly and lose a man 
in midfield where they were getting out fought and out outplayed. Uh, so to lose Massimo Luongo there with everything that he brings, yeah, that, that was insult to injury, wasn't it? Really, it just made it worse. Uh, yeah. But I just thought live, it wasn't a red card. It was a, it was absolutely at worst a yellow. And then when you see the replays, that I, I just feel as if Blackburn's midfielder there, Lewis Travis, that he made an absolute meal of it. And he rolled around and he did his absolute best to get Massimo Luongo sent off and he succeeded. And the referee, the angle that he's seen it from, you could see that he signalled and the referee's gone that he thought it was a stamp when it wasn't. And you can see from the replays when you slow it down. And, and so, yeah, I suppose a small crumb of comfort that that's been rescinded and that Luongo is not going to be banned for QPR. Roll on VAR in the Championship, eh? Not really. Shush. No. Um... Yeah, we've talked a bit about kind of you know bad bad luck along the way as well in terms of the one that that went in off um, Dawson's head. Let's talk about what Gary Monk said then, um, because he in, in his immediate kind of post match interview, and he probably looked a little bit as much in shock as I think mm. uh, a lot of fans were, and and kind of said the same things over again. He was quite repetitive, wasn't he, in his immediate post-match interview. Um, talked a lot about kind of the first 10 minutes of the game and um, that that's when it was lost and Wednesday didn't take the opportunity to play the game on the on the front foot, which is very kind of like, that's sort of like a manager thing to, to, to point out. Um, but he's got a point there, isn't it? Because there was, whenever a Wednesday player had the opportunity to either go forward or go backwards naturally the that's thing what to do they did. to go backwards yeah 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 um, they took the easy option I think that's what frustrated him and uh, yeah so he you know, he said the right things in terms of recognising that it was unacceptable and publicly apologising to the fans I think to bring it forward it's then what they've done this week to try and move on from it and draw a line under it and so he, you know he had a a lengthy team meeting uh, where he's aired his views. The players have also been very open and honest as part of this group. So you hope when you have like a almost those you know cliche of the clear the air talks with the group, we have seen it before where that can be a bit of a turning point. Or again, you, you know where you know you actually just you know say where things are going wrong or what can be improved. Uh, what do we need to do better? So uh, hopefully they use this as a, you know, we don't want this to happen again. Right, we've got we've got to kick on. We've got to try and get the season back on track very quickly. Yeah, um, I I kind of feel I mean to be a fly in the wall in that team meeting, um, <laughs> but you know is, is that where Gary Monk because there's you know those those spine of the team players have, have not been in the team you know Hutch has been on the bench Tom Leeds was on the on the bench um, and I'm not saying that they're necessarily the players that will have, have stood up and, and been countered uh, in a team meeting but you know will he have learned a bit about the character and who the real leaders are from something like that kind of team meeting that maybe that will how people react off the pitch to something like a 5-0 defeat at home actually might help give him a bit of guidance about what needs to happen on the pitch, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think you'll learn a fair amount as a manager, won't you, from who will speak up, who goes into their shells, who doesn't want to express their opinions. Uh, and uh, I think from those team meetings, yeah, you, you, sometimes you can take away from it and look, well, yeah, you can see the guys that clearly care and that want to turn this around. Uh, and what I was going to say before, actually, is that when you're looking at individuals who came away with any credit from last week, and there weren't many, but I thought Sam Hutchinson, you could tell that he was a man that was a little bit wanting to prove a point that he's been left out of the last couple of matches, and that you know he he at least tried to show some aggression in there uh, and tried to put himself about, but you know he's fighting a losing battle, but I, I think it's. I'd be pretty surprised if Sam Hutchinson is not in the starting lineup on Friday night, along with Tom Lees. I think that those two are, to me, they're probably nailed on really to be involved now at QPR. Um, I think on behalf of many Wednesday fans, I have to say I, I can't tell you anything about Hutch or Tom Lees 
performance when they came in because I just didn't see any of it. So um, I will take your word for that. Um, I think with the the nature of a defeat like this, we felt it was right to kind of throw things open um, to you know any um, of our audience that kind of wanted to have their say or any points that they wanted to get across. Um, a couple that uh, we're going to chat about now. So first of all, let's hear from Andrew. Hi guys, Andy here, exiled owl, now living in Saltburn. I just wanted to get your thoughts on something and that's been going on for a few years now, but the crowd were getting really, really restless with on Saturday, and that's uh, Cameron Dawson and formerly Kieran Westwood taking so long to restart the game for goal kicks. There was a specific moment on Saturday where the ball went out for a goal kick, the ball boy ran to get the ball, gave it to Dawson, and he kind of pushed it away and told the ball boy to, to calm down, and it automatically got the crowd on the players' backs. To me, it just feels like we're missing a big advantage restarting the game quickly and getting at teams and we just seem to be slowing things down and getting the crowd on our own back causing ourselves our own problems if you ask me just wondered what your thoughts on it were so thank you to uh, Andy for that. Uh, a few people have, have talked about this, particularly off the back of the Blackburn game with Cameron Dawson seemingly in no rush at all to get the, the game restarted. I guess it depends when about in the game you're talking because there's that kind of tipping point around 1-0 yeah. Uh, Luongo being sent off and it was like obviously the game plan was just try and get to half time at 1-0 regroup rethink and try and come up with some way of getting back in the game so you um, sort of understand Dawson wanting to kind of take his time but this whole thing about the negativity around the ground the this lack of urgency can manifest itself as almost like not caring oh, I wouldn't go that far I think sometimes you have to remember that the orders have come from the top. So managers will have told Kieran Westwood and Cameron Dawson explicitly to slow the game down as much as possible at certain times. But yeah, when you're losing at home, then I think sometimes you have to take ownership, don't you, there, as uh, as a goalkeeper and, and quickly recognise that, yeah, we need to get the ball back in very quickly into play here. And... and I, I think it's an important point, really, that I, I don't like the goalkeepers slowing the play down too much because when you're trying to get that tempo and intensity going, then I, I actually think, especially in the modern game, what we're seeing now is that goalkeepers are, are so comfortable with the feet, but you, you need them. You know, they're often starting attacks now. That's that's what we're seeing, isn't it? So you, you need your goalkeeper's distribution to be top draw. And so you need them to be constantly thinking of, okay, right, goal kick, take it short, or I'll look long and see where we've got overloads and where we can exploit space. So that's, for me, yeah, for goalkeepers, it's definitely become more and more important. So I think it's something that Wednesday, uh, yeah, sometimes they can be guilty of slowing it goalkeeper slowing it down too much but I do think it's important to remember that, that maybe those instructions have sometimes come from the manager to to tell them to do that. Okay um, right let's hear from Nathan This is Nathan Twitter username is Banterclaws so I just wanted to say after the debacle on Saturday I just think there's something wrong inside the club. It doesn't seem to matter who the manager is, it doesn't seem to matter what team we put out we just have this chronic mediocrity this chronic lack of consistency and turning up for the big games not turning up for the normal games you look on twitter you look at people complaining about what's happened on turnstiles look at people complaining about what's happening with the food and beverage there just seems to be a big problem whether that's down to mr chancery or not i don't know we are forever grateful for the amount of money that he's put into the club but there just seems to be a bit of a, a culture problem at the club and the sooner that gets fixed, then the sooner we may be able to move on. At the moment, we're just up and down consistently every week. Very interesting there on the culture um, that Nathan mentions and he's absolutely spot on. But, and that's something that Gary Monk has picked up on this week, You know, speaking at his presser and basically saying that he intends to and he needs the time to do it, but he wants to change the culture, the mentality of the squad and the club. But it takes time and patience. But Gary Monk, I think the last five weeks, particularly with the run that the team have been on, uh, yeah, he 
he's not daft. You know, he will have seen the ones that he can take on the journey with him and what he's trying to achieve and the ones that maybe he needs to replace. I think back to, um, it was a short period of time, but we're we're only going back kind of 12 months or so, more or less around now, when, when Steve Bruce took over. That was a period where it felt like the culture of the club was changing. It felt like Steve Bruce was doing something that was changing uh, more than just the the players and the way that they approach things it did feel like there was a, a a shift in the outlook of the club just for a short period of time and it didn't last very long and and you know subsequently things have changed and the way that Gary Monk does things I don't think kind of pulls fans into believing in his vision in the way that I think Steve Bruce did manage to have these you know big kind of collective arms that he'd kind of put around us as a fan base and everything and kind of make us feel like one sort of family again. Um, is that is that is is there a criticism of Gary Monk there? Is he is he not making his vision clear enough? Is is he not as as stronger a leader himself maybe as as what this club needs? I'm not there saying no. you know is Gary Monk the right guy for the job? I'm not no. going that far, but no. you know is he is he is he doing everything that he can to to kind of show what he's trying to do? I think it comes back a little bit to the points I made earlier, which is his hands have been really tied. It's very similar to me to when Jos was in charge in that he's not brought his own staff, he's not brought his own players, so he's not been able to put his own stamp on it. So I do have a great amount and big amount of sympathy for Gary Monk in that this is not an easy job by any means and that this is a job where certainly when you're looking at it from recruitment point of view, the manager, and it would have been the same under Steve Bruce, we were saying, needs three, four windows maybe, minimum, to actually mould and get a team, a younger team, hungry team, um, to the point of where you're then thinking, yeah, Wednesday could be serious players again. Okay, um, let's hear from Gary Monk then, and he starts with his reaction a few days on from the Blackburn defeat. Of course, I was shocked, and we all were shocked to to see that performance, especially when yeah, couldn't see that coming. Didn't expect that at all. Um, didn't see anything in the build-up to that game that was any different to our preparation or or focus for as we were in the games that we won just before that. So, um, but I said it right at the start. There's a I've seen a lot of good things from this group, and I've also seen things that I don't like. Um, and this is a big job. There's a lot of work to be done. I said that right from the start, and my opinion hasn't changed on that at all. Um, as I said, it's some good things for sure, um, but yeah, things that I don't like that need to change, and, and that's part of the process. I said it. It's not just. You know, I think it's about four and a half months, nearly, or five months that I've been here, and um, of course, the need to push and change that those things is always apparent, and that's my job, and that's what I try and do. I try and drive that every day, but. It also needs a, a bit of time and process, but I think we're all very clear with what we need to do and and understand of how we can get it to a, a better a better way of of things that are negative, taking them out. So um, yeah, we were obviously bitterly disappointed with that result. As you said, there it's unacceptable if we're going to be at a big club and those type of results or any type of result, whether it's five nil or one nil, is unacceptable. That has to be the mentality. So. That needs a lot of work, and, um, and yeah, I'm prepared to, to do that. Gary, how did you approach it in the, in the last couple of days uh, when sort of talking it through with the squad on and going through the, the Blackburn game? What, what, how have you sort of approached it? Do you have a team meeting, mm. sitting all down, or, yeah. and, and air views, or how did it work? Yeah, we had, I try and, a big part of having a good environment is being honest and open with each other. And um, and yeah, we spoke at the very start of the week. Um, tried to encourage an open and honest conversation with the players and an understanding of what's acceptable and what's not. And and also, you give my side of it as the manager and how I see it. And also, you need to them to see with each other what they felt, you know, from it. And um, and what you try and do is come out of that meeting with a clear way of moving forward after a result like that that isn't acceptable, you know. And um, and we had a good discussion and the player spoke and I spoke and 
and then that collective is to come out of that room and make sure that you're clear with how you're going to move forward in, in that week and what you expect from the here and now and then moving forward so yeah we've done all that and then we've been out training and preparing for this game and do you feel as if that discussion that you've had that frank chat with the players has that helped you as well in the last few days yeah I think it's always a good thing to have as I said the environment that we need to get it to is, is where that's a constant theme throughout it that you're able to be honest and open and demanding and, and pushing each other to for better and um and yeah, but I've always said it as well, words are words, are words. actions are what you're judged on. And um, it's important to have words, um, but what's more important is action. And um, that's what you'll always be judged on. That shows what, whether you meant those words or not. And that's always, for me, the best way to work. And, um, and that's what I expect everyone to, to do, rather than just words, which are important to have, but I expect action. So, um, off the back of a 5-0 defeat and everything kind of chips against us, um, Wednesday have a, fa- a fairly awful Friday night trip to QPR, which is a draw that no one wanted in the in the Cup. Um, very few options for getting back after the game, as we talked about last week. So, of course, Wednesday, 3,000 fans sell out the away end, which is just absolutely ludicrous. And I didn't see that coming. I thought we'd probably no. take a few hundred, so... Stunning from the fan base. If there's you know anything in a hard week that we can still be proud of, it's the 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 strength and level of our um, uh, fan base. Uh, you, you know, it's, it's the Wednesday way, isn't it? That they're going to yeah. win on Friday now. Well, I mean, it's we've talked a little bit, haven't we, about how sometimes you try and turn those real bad defeats into a positive in mm. terms of you draw a line under what's been a bad run and said, right, that's it. Now it's hit rock bottom. It can only go in one direction. Um, for, that makes that makes Friday quite interesting, doesn't it? Because there isn't really any pressure on Wednesday because you know we're not expected to win the FA Cup. We probably you, you you would say that QPR is a place that we could go and 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 go through to the fifth round, but it's not the end of the world if we if we don't. So there isn't that um, real mm. yeah. I mean, but I think you know if what? It was a league game. No. It would be like a desperation. We have to get three points, otherwise the season's over. It doesn't it doesn't have that feeling? Oh so, well, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that's very extreme. In the same way as I don't think that. They have to beat Wigan next Tuesday. I expect them to beat Wigan. They should be beating Wigan. Wigan are second from bottom. But Wednesday do not have a divine right to beat anyone. Um, and so they have to they have to, they have to earn the right. And that's what they didn't do against Blackburn. But yeah, coming back to QPR, um, I, I, what, I mean, what I'm hoping is to see a strong reaction. I am. I, I've got, you know, we've got to see them absolutely going hell for leather to put on a show and and prove to those you know 3000 Wednesday fans that are going and uh, that um it it was a one off that's what that's what we're hoping to see really and there's an opportunity for both Wednesday and QPR the both they should both teams should be looking at this thinking we've got a, r- a chance here to get into the fifth round and then you're only two matches away from Wembley trip to Wembley so in Wednesday's case right now when we're looking for positives there is you know or certainly you're thinking get to the fifth round you could then maybe get drawn against a big Premier League team at home wouldn't that be fantastic you know we'd love to see that everyone remembers Arsenal uh, and so that would be great wouldn't it you know so I, I think that in normal circumstances I would say I'm not fussed. Wednesday can go out of the fourth round. Uh, the FA Cup, like you say, are they realistically going to win it? No. But after what happened against Blackburn, I think actually it's taken on greater significance now for me than what it did before. It feels very similar to um, going into the Brighton game, wasn't it? Because we, we I can't remember what the, 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 the oh, match was, or was it oh, just oh. the fact that we come off the back of a really bad Christmas? Um, and, you know, I kind of said, I don't really care about um whether or not we get a result at brighton but but getting that win at brighton actually really brightened things up at quite a dark little period that we were going through and and qpr feels very similar to that there is the pressure isn't there and it doesn't really matter if we um don't win that game um i don't know is is this the last stage whereby there could there'd be a replay if it's a 
draw is the fourth yeah, I think round they may have changed it. Yeah, that could be right. I'd probably try to avoid that. I wouldn't. I don't think I particularly fancy a, a replay. Neither um, do I, mate. No, so <laughs> I think we all agree with you there. Um, yeah, I mean, would uh, there's there's an argument there to say change a lot of things and give some different players a, a run out. There's an argument to say play pretty much the same team and mm. say right now you go out and prove that you're not a, a terrible team. How how do you think that Gary Monk's going to play that one? I don't see how you, you can't not change it. I think you have to. I think you have to take some players maybe out of the firing line. The ones who didn't turn up or didn't perform against Blackburn, I, I don't think it's as straightforward as... You, it's about 10 was, Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why I think there, there will be maybe half a dozen changes. I could see that. And I think that's... You know, if you remember Brighton, I think it was six changes he made for that one. So I fully expect the players who were on the bench against Blackburn, so you've got Atty New, Jordan Rhodes, Kadeem Harris, Tom Lees, Sam Hutchinson... Maybe Joe Wildsmith might it be good to maybe get Joe Wildsmith yeah. a game. Um, having now been back in around training for a number of weeks and he's played a few under-23s matches, you know, maybe give him some game time and rest Cameron Dawson from what's going to be a really big period and, and a kind-looking run of fixtures that Wednesday've got coming up. But as we've seen, the yeah Wednesday at the moment seems to find those matches trickier than against maybe yeah. the top teams so well the kind run of fixtures started Saturday yeah. gone didn't it really mm. yeah fair enough um, we're going to hear from Tom Lees in a second do you think he'll come back in yeah I would yeah. bring him back in and then I think it's a case of Dominic I Orford would go to right back to accommodate him then you've got Tom Lees Julian Burner. I suppose one thing I would throw in there is that I have actually been told that I think Moses Odebaggio has been impressing in training, shown um, a good reaction to, you know, when he had the chat with Gary Mo I wouldn't rule out Moses Odebaggio potentially coming back into the fold at some point. Well. Uh, 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 but, you know, you know you, that's what you want from players, senior players, when they, they get told something and then they show the mentality to go, well, we'll prove you wrong. I'm going to work harder in training, going to improve my game. So maybe we haven't, I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I can only go off what I've been told and that Moses Odebaggio has actually been pulling out all the stops on the training ground to, to show that he can you know, can still be a part of this team. So maybe Moses Odebaggio, not saying it will be against QPR, but there's a possibility that in the future he may come back into the reckoning. Fair enough. Um, so we mentioned about hearing from Tom Lees. So here he is, and he starts off talking about where Saturday's defeat kind of ranks among um, his worst defeats at Wednesday. Yeah, I've had bad defeats before. I don't know why I'd rank it. Um, it's obviously, the scoreline says it's it's a bad one, but I'd probably look more at the performance. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a very bad defeat, but... I'm not going to sit there for a week after going, I wonder how bad this is. We've just got to get on with it and accept that it can't happen again. Not the way that you would have wanted to have celebrated your 200 league. No, not ideal. I, no, I don't think anybody wants to be <coughs> coming on in that situation, but you've got to get on with it and um, get on with the job that's in front of you, really. And, um, yeah, I think it was a long day for everybody. Everybody who, who, who played, everybody that didn't play, even. And it's a frustrating week now afterwards. So, but I'm not going to dwell on it, and I'm not going to keep going on about it. I, I want to look forward to to the game on Friday. You've got three thousand fans travelling to keep you on Friday. Yeah. How much do you owe them performance? Every week, every week we earn performance. Every week we've got to go out and go with the consistency and hit the levels but obviously we've got we've got a bit of making up to do but I don't think any player will go out there and think oh I've got any more to give really I think you've got to give your maximum every week so I don't think that there should be a case where I can do more Why do you think that you can't find those levels of consistency in forms and well at Forest, Rice and Leeds yeah. and then have a, a dip? What would you put it down to? 
Well, I think when you you, you say consistency, I'd... yeah, Blackburn was a bad result, but you won the two before. Now, would you lead to struggling a little bit? And your one was an FA Cup game. I think you've got to take things maybe a little bit of a, a longer distance and look at it. We weren't we weren't great in the three games at home before that. So it's been a little bit of a slump for a while now. And I think it's about, like you say, getting a level where eight, nine new players are at it every week. And I wouldn't look at individual results too much, to be honest. But I definitely say that maybe since, well, not maybe, definitely since the Bristol game. We haven't really been at those levels and I mean I won't take it as one week we we beat Leeds or whatever because they've been struggling themselves but I think it's fair to say that since the Bristol game we have dipped down a bit and it's something that we've got to change but like I said before it's mad that we can actually still be close to the playoffs having the month that we've had. How worried are you by the league for four defeats in the last round? Yeah I'm concerned and everybody wants to get that off the back but equally I know that we beat Wigan and uh, we get a result the, the Saturday after against Millwall. You, you, I mean, you look, prime example is you look at Forest, what happened when we beat them. I think they went three or four games out of win. Now they've won three or four in a row and they're the fourth or something. So there you go, I mean, it can change, but we can't, we can't accept these losses and we can't accept the form and you need to do something about it sooner rather than later. So when we recorded the podcast last week, um, it was just after the news about the season ticket offers had been revealed. We had a little bit of time to try and get our heads around it, but failed. <laughs> um, so we thought we'll just not mention it because um, it, it's going to take a long time to um, to get our head around that. Um, and then a uh, matter of a few hours after that, there was then a new signing um, made at uh, Hillsborough. Probably not someone we're likely to see anything of anytime soon. Although in the past when I've said that, they end up starting the next game and having a, a run in the in the team. So um, what can you tell us about him? He's Argentinian. I've he not, is. Have you got a pronunciation guide for us on this one? Uh, it's Manuel Hidalgo. Hidalgo. And yeah, he can speak uh, five languages. Uh, he's 20. They've signed him from uh, a team in the third tier of Italian football. Uh, he was actually on trial and came over to Wednesday back in October. And I think that uh, Fernando Forestieri uh, the, 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 uh, has sort of put a put an arm around him, or again offered him some, a lot of support. And he's he's twenty, he's a winger, but yeah, pretty much Gary Monk has made it very clear that he is one for the future, and he's not one for the here and now. And so I I would expect that once he is fully up to speed and integrated into the group, that he be a member of the under-23s team between now and the end of the season. And who knows, if he performs well there, maybe you're looking at him featuring next season. But I will say that, actually, for Gary Monk, it's not something really that we've talked masses about. But I, I actually think it has been encouraging that he has been promoting youth and he has been trying to have a you know one eye on the next generation and so we've seen Ben Hughes on the bench Alex Hunt's yeah. been on the bench Azazi's obviously broken through so that's an encouraging sign for the future of the club um as much as it would be great if you know this afternoon we hear that Wednesday have signed Connor Wickham for the rest of the season or whatever it might be it'd be great if like Hidalgo um if we brought in another kind of three or four players that aren't going to feature anytime soon but are obvious kind of building for the future thinking about next season season after season after if we brought in a few players like that that'd be really pleasing as well because we've done we have brought in players before that are young that aren't going to feature in the team and maybe not made too big a song and dance about it um it it'd be great if before the end of january there's a little bit of evidence of us thinking a little bit more medium and longer term as well as those obvious short term solutions that we that we do need I'm almost more bothered actually about what those medium and long term things are going to be and it would be great to see us start doing it now get players in who aren't going to play for two years but that we can start um, integrating win into the club and the ethos and the vision and all that kind of stuff now yeah I'd be all for that uh, the running out of time clearly it, it, to bring any um your players in and the focus is clearly going to be on the first team. 
I see a lot of the under-23s, and I do think that there is uh, some very decent talent in there, and there are a few who could do with going out on loan. But clearly, with Wednesday promoting some up to the first team, it then leaves the under-23s a little bit short, light on numbers. So there's a limit as to how many players that they can actually loan out or or let go. Otherwise, they're going to leave their team a bit you know a bit short a bit light on numbers between now and the end of the season so they're all factors and things that Wednesday've got to look at one of the things that we've not talked about is the Wigan game which obviously comes kind of hot off the the back of the um QPR game it's a little bit difficult because I think that what happens in terms of team selection how that team performs against Wigan uh, against QPR kind of comes into into play really and it's very it's still bizarrely it still feels like a long way away that Wigan game it feels like there's a lot of stuff that's got to happen between now and then and maybe the QPR game being a little bit early actually plays into that um, uh, a little Um, you you said earlier about um, Wednesday they've got no kind of divine right to to beat anyone which which wasn't really what I was trying to say I I think what I was saying is if we were playing QPR away in the league we'd be classing it as like a must win you know we've got to get something out of this it feels like that going to Wigan and traditionally the games that Wednesday have not um, performed very well in those difficult bottom of the table clashes are the ones that we've tended to struggle there's been signs this season has been able to actually the reverse has been true we have been able to get results against those teams that are struggling but it it's it feels like an important game doesn't it it feels like a game that we've we've got whatever happens on Friday going to Wigan and really getting three points but certainly not losing that game is is just dead important would you take going out of the cup for beating Wigan yes I think I would too as long as I'm surprised you need to think about it it's well we ain't going to win the FA Cup no but there's no guarantee that Wednesday are going to go on a great run in the league to Force their way. Of course, there's not no back, back into more, the top six. More. Whereas, I suppose the FA Cup. I'm not going to say it will keep the season alive, but um, it, it, it no, oh, come on. Be, no, I know. I'm, I'm saying the positivity though. Right. In terms, in terms of, like I say, if they got a plum draw in the next round or whatever, then you, you're looking at it yeah. and you're thinking that it will, it could lift spirits a little bit. There's a lot of variables in what you've just said, though. I know there are. I know, but but like I said, there's, I, I know where you're coming from with Wigan, but say if they got a draw at Wigan and, and beat Millwall, you'd still class that as a good week, wouldn't you? Four points. Yeah, yeah. yeah Millwall are uh, fighting for top six. It would just put, it would put more yeah. pressure on that. Um, and, and Wednesday, four of the next five are away from home, and I suppose the positive for Wednesday is that the away form, they've only lost one of the last six. And and they've had some good results on the road at Forest, Brighton, Leeds. So that's where they can take a lot of heart and encouragement. But yeah, of course, Wednesday will go into Wigan as big favourites. And, and and that's where will they be able to handle that? We're not good at being favourites. <laughs> yeah. We've we've discovered that. Uh, right then, on to our opinions. Uh, last week, never seen this before. By the way, last week we asked about whether or not Ati knew you should get a new contract. Exact 50-50 split. Oh. Nothing between it. So um, I don't know what we take from that other than it probably highlights the divide. I didn't. No. no, no, I didn't. So actually... Between us, we probably had the cast. And we couldn't no. agree either. So. No, do we couldn't. <laughs> there we go. Um, this, year, this week, um, I thought we could cheer ourselves up a bit here by reminding ourselves that it has been worse. So a few people may well say last Saturday, but I want to know what the worst defeat you have seen is. And I actually touched on it earlier on. I'm going to go all the way back to the early mid 90s when we lost 6-1 at home to Leeds I mean losing at home to Leeds is bad losing 6-1 at home to Leeds that was that was awful that was awful I've got a feeling a few Wednesday fans will pick out losing 4-2 at home to United yeah yeah Um, clearly the Derby Norwich Norwich at home as well the 4-0 under Jos Lukai but then that day was totally outclassed yeah but but it also wasn't a particularly bad performance by Wednesday the first half they were well in that game yeah first half it wasn't too bad but then second half 
they could have lost eight or nine. That was another Cameron Dawson heroics in the second half, keeping the score down. But yeah. they still took a good old tonking. Um, the, what was it, Stevenage as well? For, are we talking specifically home, away, or just no, general? Either. Stevenage, 5-1, was it? Jermaine Johnson sent yep. off. That was a little bit before my time, but that that was that was bad. Yeah, there's been there's um, been some bad ones. So I'm, yeah, I'm sure we'll get a lot of replies to that. Let us know the worst Wednesday defeat you have seen. You can catch Dom on Twitter at Dom Housen. I'm at James Marriott, or contact the show at Dom and James. Thank you to our gold sponsor Taito Law, who you can find at TaitoLaw.co.uk. Thank you for joining us. If you like singing the blues, please rate and review the show in your podcast app. Up the owls and see you next week. <laughs>